Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. This is episode 110 and this is part two of how's that working for you? So let's talk about what's not working for you. Um, for me, one thing for sure is I've slipped back into not getting up early enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting up. That and, time change, it's over, yeah. done with in the past. Now we're just back in the comfort zone. Well, you know, yeah. So it's just, it's like, I'll set the alarm for 6, 6.15, 6.30, and but I just cannot get my tail out of the bed. Yeah. But if I, you know, when we did Good Morning Gather? Yes. I mean, I was on a streak, man. We were on a streak, yes. And it was so great. Yes. Because I was getting up. It was quiet in the house. I was spending time in the Word. I was exercising and getting dressed before the kids even got up. Right. And I felt like so ahead of the game with that. Yes. And I cannot seem to like get back on top of it. It's just, it's the lifelong endless pursuit of discipline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think we're going to arrive till Jesus comes back. I'm yeah. pretty sure when he brings the new earth with them, exercise is part of the day. <laughs> we're all going to love it. We're going to do it early. But until then, we're just going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And go through seasons with it. Yes. Um, the other thing that's not working for me right now is that my kids' rooms are staying messy. Mm-hmm. And I vacillate between like letting word number three. (laughs) I'm keeping track. Letting them, you know, there's that part where it's like some parents say, you know, we close the door, let it go. It's your room. As long as things aren't growing in there, you know, we're going to let it go. And then there's some parents that are really strict about it. And for me, I don't see myself in either of those camps. Like I don't want to be militant about it and like wear them out. But I also, like, it doesn't work for me. Like, when I'm trying to go tuck them in at night, and I can't see the carpet to get to their bed. Yeah. Because there's wet towels. Oh, the wet towels. Yes. There's four pairs of shoes. Paper plates with food that they have not thrown away. The trash. The papers. Caroline's rooms, of course, got toys and things like that. You know, and it's just like, guys, how did this unravel so quickly? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like for us, the cleaner comes on Thursday. So always on Wednesday, I'm like, before we go to bed, I'm like, everybody get it. Make sure everything is straight. Cleaner comes. Wednesday is your rough day too, man. Wednesday is a lot. Y'all are like, whoo. Yeah. And if we forget, then that means that I'm getting up early Thursday morning to get everything straight. And then I'm mad. Right. You know, because I go into each of their rooms and I'm like, (laughs) how dare you? Caleb, one day I sent him a picture at school of like all these bags of Cheez-Its that were under his bed. You know, it's like, anyway. So I just have to, I feel, I'm feeling like this is not working. And so something, something has to change because I'm on this crazy cycle where then at night I'm creating a bad environment because I go to tuck them in and I'm like, <sighs> yeah. you know, and I'm, instead of it being like, I love you, let's pray. Yes. <laughs> I'm irritated. Of course. I understand. And yes. I don't, I don't want that to be how we end the night. I get it. I do. You know, I don't have an answer. <laughs> 
Well, I talked to Jeremy about it. I really think that we're about to have a little family meeting and say, these are our expectations. And it's not even that you have to make your bed every day. It is just like no dirty clothes on the floor, no shoes on the floor, no trash out yeah, and no food or drinks out. Like really and truly, if those four things were taken care of every evening before tuck-ins, that would be enough for us to be able to like stay on top of it. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And I, I can, think we're going to say, my kids doing that. if I go in and those things are not done, you don't get screens the next day. <gasps> right? That's like it's got to be serious enough. Yeah. Because I thought about doing like points and stuff and I'm like, no, I do not have time to keep up with all that. I need no to sticker charts. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I don't have the margin to like manage all of that anymore. So I need something that's swift and painful. Well, and here's the deal because I feel like their rooms are not big enough anyway. Yeah. We don't have enough organization. So yeah. part of me just feels bad. Sure. Like, I know you don't know where to put some of this stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't have a home. But that's the thing is I'm not asking them, you know, to like Marie Kondo their room. I'm just saying. Because Marie Kondo's out. That's right. She She's <laughs> out anyway. She had that third kid and she was like, I don't even know what I yes. was asking y'all to do. I'm not asking them for perfection. I'm asking them for some order. You know, that things just are put back where <gasps> they're supposed to go. That is a tweetable. <laughs> Somebody tweet that or we're going to put it on a post. I am not asking for perfection. I'm just asking for order. Yeah. Yes, girl. Yeah. Winner. Yeah. That's so, good. so that's where I am with that. Hobby Lobby. Put that on a picture, please. Yes. So those are, those are my big ones. What about you? My gut. Okay. So this is, listen, over 40, mm. your body just says, I'm done. Mm. I don't want to biodegrade food for you <laughs> anymore. Decompose. Decompose. <laughs> whatever our gut does, whatever it is, my gut's not doing it. Yeah. So I am on day two of gluten-free. <gasps> I did it. Okay. I am so fed up. I'm at the end. I am so fed up that I am willing, finally, okay. the age of 44, to try it. So day well, two. I'm proud of you. You can do it. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Honestly, you can I'm do it. I'm already like, what? Once you get used to it. That's what everybody says. But it's, it's it's that first, it's any type of habit. It is. That first few days where you yeah. don't know what you can eat and not yeah. eat and you can't, you don't, you don't have it in your house because you didn't know you needed it. Yeah. So you have to go find it. Yeah. But I am committed to find, to figuring out how to make my gut happier. Good. I'm I love you, little you. gut. Yeah. I need you for another 40 years. Yeah. Let's figure this out together. Lydia had this party and, you know, I can't really eat gluten and I really limit sugar because it makes me feel bad but Lydia had this party and she had cookie cake and that's like my kryptonite like I can't so good the smell it like it's like a moth to a flame I just can't it's amazing so I had some and I mean within five minutes my head hurts yeah you know I've got bathroom issues and it's like oh why do I do this I, I know I cannot eat this well that's the thing I do feel like my body is telling me and you're just for a long time, you're willing to endure. You're yeah. like, it's fine, buddy. It's fine. <laughs> I would rather have this. I don't even yeah, care. Yeah, sure. And then it, just what you were saying, how's that working for you? At some point you go, okay, it's not. It's not working. And how desperate am I to get better? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Let's give it a go. Yeah, good for you. I'm proud I'll of you. I'll keep y'all updated. <laughs> and anybody that's got good gluten-free things, y'all send it to me. I need to figure out where to buy this stuff. Well, I guess my advice would be to try not to 
to buy the gluten-free things. Well, that's what people have told me. They're really not that good for you. They're not. It's just a swap of, yeah. of other not great ingredients. Yeah. So then you just try and figure out, like, how can I eat? Like, for example, like when I eat spaghetti and meatballs, I use spaghetti squash instead of yes. spaghetti noodles. And at first you're like, wow, I'm really missing out. But pretty quickly, because you're feeling better, you go, oh, actually, that's good. Yeah. You know? I just think I'm a lazy, I'm a lazy gluten-free. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't got time to cut up a spaghetti squash or get some zucchini and make noodles. I'll just eat the sauce by itself. Okay. Just be happy. And you can do that. I'll just eat it. Sometimes I just eat meatballs with cheese on it. And, That's right. That's know. all. That's yeah. what I can do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's just, you'll get there, but it's, it's, it is a, you have to reframe the way you're thinking. Reframe. Yes. But that's a lot, even of just like what we're talking about here is just kind of reframing some things. Cause like the way we've been doing it isn't working. So now we need to think about it a new way. Well, and I think what you're saying too, is there comes a point where you're desperate. Yeah. Like as a mom, you finally decided I am tired of hitting my head against this wall. Yeah. There has got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And instead of putting a Band-Aid on it, we're going to sit down and we're going to reframe. Yeah. How can I do this better? How can I do this different? Yeah. And that's why, like, dude, if you're going to counseling or you have a mentor, like, that's when these things are really come in clutch because you have somebody that you can, like, have structured time where you think these things through with yes. them. You know, yes. that's one of the reasons my counselor, you know, I keep going to see her even when I'm not in crisis because then it's just like, okay, let's game plan some stuff. You that's know? great. And she helps me. That's great. So some of the people that responded said, um, interestingly, that we're talking about bodies because she said struggling with body image with summer coming. Oh, for sure. Right? It feels like it's right now, yes, right? Yes, yes. You know, there's all this stuff out there about um, I, I've been eating tacos or whatever, and now it's like in eight days I have to put on a bathing suit. So um, not going to bed early enough, something we talked about, you know, that just endless scrolling just laying in the bed scrolling, and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's midnight. Yep. And I've got to be up at 6, and yes. here we go. Yes, Um, Too much sugar and not enough exercise, and then another staying up late. Those were kind of the, 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 big, the big ones that kept coming in. So when I thought about this and I thought about Dr. Phil, I feel like there's the, kind of this Dr. Phil moment with Moses in Exodus 18. And so I want to read the story to you, and I'm going to skip a couple of parts um, because there's some details and stuff in here. But um, basically, God has brought the Israelites out of Egypt um, through Moses. If you remember that um, the the Israelites had been in slavery for 400 years in Egypt, and Moses had been a shepherd, and God calls him out of the burning bush and says, "I want you to. I'm going to use you to go set my people free." And he sends him to Egypt and we have the plagues and all this stuff happens with Pharaoh. But eventually they're able to, they come across the Red Sea and they're set free. And then they wander for a time. And that's kind of where we are here. And this is Exodus 18. And it says, now Jethro, remember him, he's our Dr. Phil. I love that name. You love Jethro? If I had another kid, I would name him Jethro. (laughs) Jake, Judd, and Jethro. Wasn't that Jethro so like good. in the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah, but I think we're far enough away from that that I could like <laughs> bank on the biblical side of it. Okay. Yeah. If you go to Jethro, I'd say good job. Okay, good. Well, okay, great. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian and father-in-law of Moses, so he's his father-in-law, heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. After Moses had sent his away his wife Zipporah, his father-in-law Jethro, received her and her two sons. 
And he he, um, called the name of the son. My father's God was my helper. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. That's what Moses had named him. Um, And then Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, comes back to see Moses uh, where they are. And he he said, I'm coming to see you. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and went into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved him. And just to pause right here, I'm thinking about us as moms. Like we have these children that we have wanted. You know, God has blessed us abundantly. We have seen him answer prayers, right? These wonderful things that happen. And it says Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. And then they offered sacrifices to God. And then it says, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? While all these people stand around you from morning till evening. Like you can imagine how exhausting that must have been for Moses, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. You know, he's holding so much on his own. And Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. And Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. (laughs) Do you think that's how he said it? You, he said, I bet he said to him, well, how's that working for you? (laughs) (laughs) You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen to me and I'll give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. And select capable men from the people who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, and fifties and tens, and have them serve as judges. And if there's an especially difficult case that they can bring it to you, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said, He chose capable men from all Israel, made them leaders of the people over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and they served as judges for the people at all times. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. Isn't that a great story? That's a great story. You know, that has ministered to me at different times in my life, Um, but I think especially, you know, when we look as moms, we feel like it all falls to us. And so we take on so much because we, ha- we do have all these people coming to us for the answers. Mm-hmm. What are they going to wear? What are they going to eat? Who's going to sign the field trip form? Who's going to help me with my homework? Who's going to get me to this or that? You know, there's just, there is so much that we feel like falls on us. Um, but it's not sustainable. You, we end up getting burned out and it causes, you know, our own health to decay causes the health of our family to decay. And that's not how it's supposed to be. We think we tend to think that, Oh, we're helping them so much by taking this on ourselves, but really it's, it's not helping because they need to be able to learn how to contribute and live in community as a family. Um, and for everybody to be part of the solution. 
So I just, just thinking of personal experience from the past few days. You are a hundred percent where I am working at my computer. Greg is playing video games. Sure. And these children want to ask me questions. Yeah. And I'm like, how looking between the two of us, do you think that I am the more appropriate <laughs> adult in the situation? <laughs> and it's part of it's because they know I'll answer. Yeah. Cause that's what we do. We uh-huh. stop whatever we're doing to help. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. baby. Uh-huh. Let me help you, baby. Yeah, yeah. But they have got to learn. Yeah. You are a contributing member of this family. That's right. And and then it just works better that way, you know. But you just think about, like, you know, with my kids and, like, having them do their own laundry. It just was hilarious to me when I got to college. And there were these girls that, you know, turned all their clothes pink because they had not a fat clue how to wash a load of laundry. Right. You know? Or how to make a box of mac and cheese. Yeah. Or how to write a check. Yeah. Or how to mail a letter. Yes. We talked about that last time. Yes. But we think, like, it makes us a good mom if we do all the things. No, it just makes you a tired mom. Yes. <laughs> Working just like for Moses from morning till night. Yes. Yes. And really, you know, what we want to do is try to give our job away. That's what we're trying to do for so that they can mother themselves, you know, as they go. What? You don't want to give your job away? I think that's funny the way you said it, though. Like, that's our goal. It Give is. Give our job away. Because they need to be able to. I like being their mom. Well, but that's the rub. Isn't that the rub? Like is you it. want to be wanted. I like when they need me. Yes. And so, but then it causes us to do things that, you know, maybe we shouldn't. Because we have that, you know, but that's the Enneagram 2 in you, is that wanting to be wanted. <laughs> it really is. Um. So I just, I think when we look at things, we kind of go, okay, this isn't working, you know, like I'm exhausted or I, I've been doing this dumb thing over and over and I keep opening this door and it keeps, I keep getting hit in the face with this big red glove, you know, so that we would stop and get some counsel from somebody ahead of us or somebody that's on the outside looking mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have a girl at um, church that I mentor and she'll just bring stuff to me and go, Hey, how, how do you see this? How do you see this going? I don't really, I, I'm not necessarily like all knowing, but it's just somebody else from the outside going, Hey, help me game plan this. Like how and do somebody you see farther this? down the road? Yeah. And just a little, little further down just the road, a little further down the road. That's right. So I think what we see here with Jethro and Moses is that, they make a plan. So there's a plan in place. Like this this change doesn't come across haphazardly. Right. There's a plan in place of, okay, how are we going to do this? This is how we're going to implement this deal. Right. This is how the change is going to happen. Um, then that it's communicated. Then the plan is communicated. So like if it's for you and you're saying, okay, I'm going gluten-free, that you make a plan, okay, these mm-hmm. are the foods I'm going to eat. Then even that you communicate that to your family, hey, Mama's having to do this. Y'all stop eating spaghetti in front of me. <laughs> yes. You know, we're going to make some different choices. Things are going to look a little bit different around here. And then finally, then it was delegate. That there was then a third step where it was like, okay, now let's let's everybody help share the load. Okay, you're going to take this piece of it and you're going to take this yeah, piece of it. Yeah, that's what I liked from that scripture where you said, you know, then they can carry the load with you. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're abandoning them. You're just like joining forces. Let's do it together. Yeah. So when we used to do... I used to help lead our life group and we had so many families in there and I was what was called the class coordinator. And, um, you know, I thought, 
I thought I will just do as much as I can to make this as easy as possible for everyone. And I went to a training and this um, great guy had this illustration and he put a canoe on top of a table and he sat in it with two paddles and he said, this is how the class coordinator often feels that you're the one sitting in here with the paddles. Everybody else just gets in the boat and you're rowing along. Well, what's going to happen to that person eventually? They're gonna get tired. They're going to get tired. And probably before they get tired, they're going to be irritated, right? Because they're like, well, I'm out here rowing. Of course, nobody else is doing anything, you know. <laughs> this one's eating a snack. This one's playing video games. But I'm out here doing, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But what happens then instead if we just say, no, actually, to make the boat go, we're going to just hand everybody a paddle. Everything changes because not only does the boat go so much faster, so much further, but everyone is doing less work when the work yes. is spread out. And they're having fun. Yes. And then you're all in it together. That's right. So then as you move across a deadline or a finish line that you go, we, we all did, did it together. Yes. You know, we all helped mom feel better together or we all made, you know, the house better together or we all got on, you know, better night's sleep together. Like that, that it's a team mentality, right? That we stop making ourselves these martyrs um, and these victims and we kind of go, wait a minute, that's not working. Let's get out ahead of this. Let me seek a Jethro. Let's come up with a plan. Let's communicate it. And then let's delegate. I love it. I think that's great. And I think, honestly, it would make a huge difference. And maybe don't try like 14 things at once to get ahead of. Maybe just start with a couple. Yeah. Because I do think sometimes we get overly zealous. We're like, all right, everybody's got their list. Not only are you responsible for your laundry and your room yeah. and the dishes, let's just start small. Just start with a few oh, things. I think that's so good because you know? we do come out guns a-blazing. <laughs> but that's usually the point I get to where I'm like, I'm setting everything on fire. You know, like when I walk into their rooms and it's a disaster and like literally it was clean the day before. And I'm like, you know, that's when I just go to the wall and I'm like, I'm taking everything you own and taking it to goodwill. You know, you just like, you just lose it. So I think if we can kind of identify, okay, what is the major pain point here of what's not working? And then just kind of make a decision Set some reminders, get some accountability, communicate it. Listen to the Bible often so you feel in a very good mood. (laughs) Yes. Except when you're stuck in Job and those friends are giving bad (laughs) advice for chapters upon chapters upon chapters. And you're like, y'all are the worst. (laughs) Y'all are the worst friends. Um, But yeah, I think that that can make a difference. And, you know, we're just, we have so much going on as mamas. We're so busy. We're juggling so much. That I think it's good for us to kind of take this time together here on this platform where we have this space to kind of go, okay, wait a minute, just, just slow it down for just long enough Mm -hmm. to think about what is not working and let's make a change. It doesn't have to be that way. Oh, that's good too. It doesn't have to be that way. That's right. You know, if you're feeling worn out and burned out, Let's change it. That's right. Let's change it as much as you possibly can. You know, my heart goes out. If you're in a situation where you're just under it, and for right now you're just having to endure whatever situation that you're in, there are certainly those seasons. For sure. But by and large, we have a lot of ownership um, in in our ability to influence, you know, how things are going in I our agree. lives. I agree. And not only that, we, you know, if, if you believe in Jesus, then you have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit 
who is creative and who gives counsel and who helps us see things as he wants us to see them. That's right. Um, so that we are spending our time well, that we're taking care of our bodies well. And, um, you know, if we can start making decisions, I think the last thing I would end with is just thinking about, you know, we talked about Atomic Habits many episodes ago, um, but I've actually been listening to it again a little bit. It's a great, that's a great audible, Atomic Habits. He reads it, James Clear, and he's a good narrator. But it's, you know, he talks about the idea of making votes for the person you want to become. That's right. That every day when you make a decision, you know, when you make a decision to say, okay, I'm gluten-free. So breakfast comes and you don't I have gluten. I want the McDonald's yeah. and McMuffin. Yeah. And you don't have it, then you put a vote in the box of I'm gluten-free, That's you know, right. and, and you, you have those opportunities. And so for me, I need to decide what, what do I want my family? What are we saying? You know, mm-hmm. well, we're good stewards of our home. We take care of our house and we believe that all these things that we have here, our towels, our clothes, our food, our shoes, are gifts from God. Yeah. And we want to take care of these things and we want to honor this home. And we also want it to be a place where people can come and we're not scrambling to shut doors and throw things in closets because it's, you know, a mess. And so how do we daily make votes to be those people? And, you know, James Clear and Atomic Habits, it's not a Christian book, but the whole concept, we find that in Galatians, because in Galatians, it says that you reap what you sow, you know, so you, when you are sowing into this choice that you want to make, this change that you want to make, then you eventually, that's what you reap. That's right. You know, you're making votes for that person. For me as an eighth grade girl, I had to decide I am not going to be in a situation, in a relationship with someone who doesn't treat me well. You know, I am worth being loved and cared for um, and being in a healthy relationship. And so I have to shut this down. I'm going to make votes to be that girl. So that means I'm not answering this person's phone calls. I'm not reading his notes. I'm not talking to him in the hallway, you know? Because he couldn't text back then. Yeah. we were There was no texting. <laughs> Mercy. He was sending a new paper. But, you know, just whatever it is where you feel like something's not working for you, that you look and go, okay, how do I want it to work? What do I want it to look like? And how can I start making votes, you know, to, to be that person so or, or have that thing work so that things look better? I think that's good. I think it's super practical. And I think we're coming up, you know, potentially in summer where you have some more margin. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you got a ton. But you got some more margin where you could just try some stuff yeah. just to see if it works at your house. Yeah. And if you hand out some responsibilities and it's not working, then pivot. Yeah. Let's try something new. And keep in mind that when you when you do something new, there's always a little bit of a rub. That's right. Right? There's always a little bit of pain. And I think that's one of the reasons we're resistant to changing because it's like, okay, we got to think of it, it. It requires mental energy, emotional energy. For sure. Right? Yes. Time. Because if it's something that we're doing for ourselves, like I, I know I keep harping on you and the gluten thing, but it's you're having to apply mental energy that I don't have because the gut has caused me mental fog. <laughs> so therefore... <laughs> I am not thinking clearly. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, and, but it's like, or like teaching kids to do their laundry, you know, like for a minute, you know, you're, you're going to go through detergent faster than you thought you would. Yes. And you're going to be like, what are these kids Mm -hmm, doing? mm -hmm. You know, did a monkey fold this, you Mm -hmm, know, like, mm -hmm. how does this even, but eventually you start getting momentum in the right direction. That's right. You know? Um, so I think about uh, sailing growing up when, when it would be time for us to turn, 
The captain yells out, ready about, and the mates on board say, ready, and then he says, hardly. So when you start to turn, though, on a sailboat, a lot of stuff has to change. These ropes start to move, the sail has to swing over, and it takes time. The bigger the boat is, the more time that takes. You know, if I'm in my little bitty 12-foot sunfish that I have, I can turn on a dime. But in my dad's almost 40-foot boat, it takes us several minutes to be able to swing that boat around. Yeah. And so whatever you're looking at changing, if it's a little thing, you may be able to make the pivot quickly. If it's bigger, it's going to take some time. But you want to be going in the right direction. And so it's worth it. 100%. All right, moms, we love you. We're so glad we got to spend this time with you. Look at what is not working for you and make the change. We'll see you next time. Bye, moms. Today's episode is sponsored by Raising Canes. Y'all, Raising Canes helped provide the meal for our podcast live event, and the moms just love having chicken fingers all to themselves that they didn't have to share with their kids. And our family loves Raising Cane's. It's our go-to stop after church. We drive through and man, anything is good in cane sauce. Listen, we're trying to figure out that recipe. So if you know what it is, go ahead and reach out to us because I would love to recreate it at my home for my family. But you can order your craveable chicken finger meal online or stop in at one of the 65 plus DFW locations. One love, people. Go get some chicken.